Hey, we're back. This is Graham Brown and Pratana Sybil, Pitch yes. Deck Asia. Hello, folks. How are you doing? Today, we're going to talk about startups and the goal of many startup founders who come onto the Pitch Deck Asia show here in our studio in Singapore is to raise money. Now, not necessarily a difficult task in this day and age, but finding good investors is a little bit harder. So it's important to tell a good story to get the right people on board. Today, we're going to review some of the better Pitch Deck Asia pitches here from the show, from our last year of startups that came in here. Pick out why we thought we were good and tell a little bit about their success stories. Because all the pitches we're going to share with you today come from startups who actually successfully raised significant rounds. So we're going to look at their pitch decks, talk a little bit about their story, importantly, because that's really what helped them raise the funds. And then maybe share some advice to you as a startup founder what works when you want to raise funds for your startup. And by the way, if you are struggling, like 99% of startup founders, to help, you know, to refine your story, that packaging that makes your startup something different, something special, or relates to an investor, two pieces of advice off the bat. One is, you know, come to one of our storytelling workshops. If you're not in Singapore, then I suggest you just watch this show and or some of the other Pitch Deck Asia shows, which are all available on YouTube. Links in the show notes and learn from the best. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Just learn from success. So let's have a look at the shape and sound of success today. We're going to look at some of the pitches that won successful rounds. Pratana, lead the way. Help us with the, or introduce for us, please, the first startup, and we'll talk about their fundraising. Yeah, so let's talk about Musio. Uh, Musio has, like, a really badass founder. Yeah. Hazel Savage. I like Hazel. Yeah. You should, uh, really you, you should see her shoes, her boots. Yeah. She's rock and roll. Yeah, all, it's like a part of a band. She's yeah. dressed like that. Yeah. I like it. Oh, well, that's her. Oh, there she is. Yeah. Hazel. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Um, bit of background to Hazel. She, as it says here on the the pitch deck, she twelve. She had twelve years in the music industry, and um, you know the thing about the music industry is, as much as it is rock and roll, a lot of it is just process and dealing with lots and lots of content. And one of the big problems that the music industry has is like trying to manage the content because how many songs are ever in existence? I don't know. I think Hazel gave some numbers, right? Yeah. It must be millions, billions, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, there's more coming out all the time in different languages, right? And that's the problem. So, um, what did you remember about Hazel when she came to the studio? What I remember, obviously, apart the from booth. the shoes. <laughs> yeah, rock and roll. She yeah. plays in a band as well. Yeah, she does. So, well, I think she was... Uh, actually, she has a very interesting background in music, but also in data. Yeah. So she is now bringing artificial intelligence with music. Yeah, that's Aaron as well yeah, on the, so the team. So he's pretty, yeah, you know, like sharp when it comes to AI. Yeah. So he's the uh, brains behind the tech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Hazel's brains as well. But yeah, yeah, she likes to be the front man, so to speak, in that sense. So she is very much the showman. Yeah. Yeah. You can say that. And uh, you know, she, she likes being on stage. 
I think she plays a guitar. Does she not? Or is it a bass? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, Barrett strumming. But that could be either. Is that guitar? Rhythm guitar? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we like that. Yeah, so her startup uh, helps music in the music discovery and curation. Yeah. I think this is also, apart from music, this is also one of the things that we observe in podcasting also. The discovery. Yeah, it's a it's, bitch. Yeah, I it is a that. pain in the ass. So I said pitch, by the way. <laughs> and then uh, so that's what they're doing for music they're helping yeah. the discovery and curation and automatic uploading and stuff like that so the whole process how they're using artificial intelligence into that mm. so that's amazing and they have raised funds a million yeah they have raised million uh, US dollars uh, it was a seed investment was it I think who who were the the backers? Was this Sequoia involved um, in that one? It was Wave Maker Sorry, Partners, yeah. and if I'm not wrong, it's the yeah, Exponential well, Creativity Ventures. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, not Sequoia. I got confused. Um, but Wave Maker again, obviously a big player mm -hmm. here in Southeast Asia. Yeah, I liked their approach to music and AI because a lot of the conversations about creativity and music and AI have focused on how do you use AI to create music. And I would put it out there, and I think Hazel got that, and why I think she's been successful is because the obvious application is to say, let's use AI to write music. And yet there is no problem with writing music in the world at the moment. Like there are millions of people writing music out there. So we don't have a music writing problem. So why use AI to fix a problem that doesn't exist, right? It's just classic example of trying to shoehorn a technology into a solution we don't need, right? Yet what Hazel's done and her team have successfully done is identified the less obvious problem, hmm. which is it's not about AI and creativity, it's about AI doing the heavy lifting of discovering music and letting the human beings do the creative stuff because that's what we're good at, right? Yeah. You know, uh, the personal stuff, the story, the lyrics, everything. Like it speaks to the pain, the pain, the loss. Music comes out of the pain. Yeah, right? no, like music, the best songs have yeah. all got like pain and loss in them. Yeah, they have to. Like, I mean, who wants a happy song? Yeah, by the way, I have the number for you. Uh, the first slide, I think she has mentioned, the music industry has a problem. 30,000 new songs a day uploaded online. 30,000, yeah, a day. Well, wow. and that's only going to get bigger, yeah. right? I'm sure of it. Because, you know, like, I see my, I've got a 13-year-old boy and he discovers all music through YouTube, hmm. right? And what that has done is just really democratize music discovery. But what's happening now on YouTube is like, it's not just music being written. It's like rewrites and remixes and covers. <laughs> like you can just cover anything now. And if you type in anything into YouTube, like any song, you have the official song and then a hundred covers of it. Yeah. Right. That's right. And that's kind of how it is now. So discovery is just exponentially um, growing as a problem. And these guys are basically said, okay, look, for example, if you're like, you want to, if you want content which is in this genre then they can match you know a buyer and a seller effectively here's the content and here's this maybe it's an ad agency or maybe it's a record label looking for something hmm. you know 30,000 a day is like what 
10 million a year. Yeah. Right. And that's on top of every year. There's 100 million in a decade, right? And if you go way back to, I mean, the Beatles were the 60s. So that's like, what, you know, 50 years. <laughs> I'm just doing the maths here. That's like 500 million songs if that continues, right? Mm. Yeah, it's a big problem. Yeah, and they're doing really well because obviously it shows that they've raised money and they also won, I think, our awards. They were in the top five. So yeah. We did the Bizarre Asia Awards yeah. and they also were in the top five. Top five for sure. And the team came in, the whole team came in, amazing vibes and they all yeah. did like a little thank you speech. So we will put the links to all yeah. those in the description below so you can check it out what's the key takeaway from all of that what do they do really well why do you think they raise funds i mean we talked about the problem and stuff like that yeah but about them is it hazel's boots it's the team right yeah hazel she is the face and aaron is the one who is the tech and then the rest of the team also yeah without so a doubt it's definitely how they package it. Like I love their pitch tech also because the first thing they say is thirty thousand songs every day, and I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's a huge shock. Really, that's how much you know. Start how with the problem. So yeah. Yeah. So how many songs are produced every day and uploaded every day? Mm. So that's what gets my attention. Mm. Love it. Yeah, and I think going back to that idea that using AI not to solve human problems, right? Let humans do what they do. And in a way, it helps humans do what they do better. Yeah. Because if you take away all that heavy lifting of discovery, if you're really good at writing a song in a certain genre, you now stand a better chance of getting discovered. Mm-hmm. True. So let's jump into... So that was Hazel and Musio. Yeah, Hazel Savage. And her boots, Musio. rock and roll. Yes. Yeah, and uh, how important that is. Find your gimmick, folks. Like we talked about Tony Fernandez on the last podcast, right, in his red cap. Yeah. Hazel's got her boots. I challenge all you startup founders to have a gimmick. You know, you need to have something that's going to get you attention in a world of noise. Ram, what will be your gimmick? I'm working on it. It will be like the headphones and the microphone. Well, I can't like be wearing that all the time, <laughs> like you know, like when I'm out and about. So <laughs> I have to work on it, right? So yeah. Anyway, if you have advice on my gimmick please comment below what I could have as uh, some sort of, what would it be that identify? Oh, you're that guy that does that. He wears that thing. All about the, the hair, the mohawk. There's a guy that has that already. It works, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. So let's jump Moving into on. the second startup who has raised fun. Um, good for food. Yeah. Rainer Rainer, young Rainer. He is just of storytelling it's like a machine the way he tells his whole story yeah i think it's all sorted machine in the sense that he's slick i yes. think good he he's, on point yeah yeah and then um i you know the interesting thing about him he came to our pitch deck connect event yeah he did and that is where we connect startups with investors that was mm -hmm. a few months back and in a non-pitch competition format we sit the investors with the startups and get them to talk and he revealed some of his secrets as to why he's so good at pitching right gave away some of the magic you know what they say about magicians they should not reveal that or show their magic twi trick twice 
but he gave away a little bit of that. I'm wondering if we can talk about that now. I think we should maybe let some tips. How he's so good at pitching. So, do you remember? I don't remember. You remember? Oh, okay, because I was, I was listening <laughs> into the conversation. So, Rainer, apologies if I'm giving away your, you know, your your magic formula. But anyway, I'm going to anyway. So, because you, you've actually raised funds, so it's good now. So, spread a bit of that goodness to the st other startup founders. So, Rainer Loy, the founder of Good for Food. Um, and a very driven guy indeed. And I said young Rainer, not in a patronizing way, because he is young. I mean, he's sort of early 20s, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Which is quite, I suppose, quite rare here in Singapore to see somebody like so advanced in their entrepreneurial journey at that age. So basically how he gets so good at pitching is not he's a natural storyteller. This is the point. He wasn't born telling stories. He just practices, practices and practices. And what he does, and I'll be interested to see and put it in the comments if you have tried this or you're going to try this when he pitches he has this effectively like an excel spreadsheet with different tabs right and he has all the questions oh. that the investors will ask so for example if somebody asked him about the product that goes in the product tab if it's about you know the fundraising the next round that goes in the fundraising the next round tab he has all these tabs and he puts all the questions in there and he puts in the answers right wow or he'll speak to somebody and get an answer if he doesn't know it, like an advisor. He gets prepared and then he, you know, he's just constantly practicing these, these pitches. That's yeah. why he gets really good. And so my point is, is that it's not an art in the sense that you either have it or you don't. It comes with practice and a little bit of coaching, you know, you know, virtually in this sense, you can actually learn through people like Rainer. So try that, take a, a spreadsheet, put all the tabs of the questions that you might be asked. Now, every time that you do a pitch, put those questions in there and the answers and you will get good, guaranteed. I'm not saying you're going to raise funds, but you'll certainly increase your chances. Yeah, and you can always go back and reiterate the answers and change it according to the feedback also from your advisors and investors. Yeah. I think one of the things that you said in your recent storytelling workshop was really good. The only way you can get really good at pitching is three Ps. Yeah. Practice, practice, practice. And I think Rainer proved that. He's, he's like four Ps, that guy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, very good. So Rainer Loy, a little bit about them, I suppose, what they do. Yeah. So Why he's good. So good for food. Very interestingly. So it is an AI. So, okay, let's, let's walk through how they do it. So hotel, uh, they have buffet system and they have breakfast and everything. And a lot of food goes in the dustbin. Lots of food. Yeah. In fact, he had some number. I don't he's got know. the stats. He's done yeah. his research he's really thoroughly, really, right? Yeah, uh, really a lot of research. Yeah. Yeah. So the problem, one hotel, 900 tons. Yeah, that one go back. Yeah. Barrett, you missed it. Done. Yeah. Average total waste a month. 250 room hotel, 10 tons. Yeah. I don't even know how people eat that much food. That's just the waste. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's just waste. That's not the actual amount of food. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of hotels do buffets and it's naturally wasteful, right? Because they can't plan this stuff, right? They can't work out how many people are going to eat the broccoli today. Yeah. And nobody keeps a tab of, okay, if right. we, whether we should keep this food or that food, they just have a menu, right? right? So they have... They don't sell dustbins. They sell a lid, mm. and when somebody is throwing in the food, uh, the the their technology, the lid identifies and is collecting data mm. 
so okay that's an artificial intelligence again so if a lot of rice has been thrown out and a lot of uh, chicken has been thrown out so all this data is being collected and later for the next week maybe people the the chef can go back and check out mm. the data okay what really worked last week what didn't work mm. and accordingly they can order so that way is not of not a lot of uh so they can order even the raw material according to that so that it doesn't go waste because that's a clear waste of money mm. also mm. so food going in the dustbin is one kind of a waste but the raw material getting spoiled is another uh, you know waste of money so both the things that they, they can keep a tab of all that yeah it's very much a solution to a real problem mm-hmm. and going out and selling to hotel groups as a starting point is yeah. a you know i think a good biz dev strategy mm-hmm. and he knows where the pain points the biggest you know it's hotels they're very sensitive to waste i mean you, you get those sort of silly cards in your bathroom in the hotel saying please you know put the towels in the you know in the in in the uh, bath yeah to help us prevent you know help reuse your towels or whatever help us you know save the planet and yet at the same time they've got air conditioning belting out all the time and <laughs> those silly little plastic reusable or non-reusable things yeah. for your shampoo but the point being is that you know they're very wasteful these these organizations and increasingly now people are conscious of that you know can you imagine if a hotel got some negative pr somebody published some data on them about how wasteful they really were yeah you know with especially plastic boy you do not want to be on the wrong side of the pr yeah. campaign against plastic right yeah i would like to see if you add up all those little tiny plastic bottles in hotels how much plastic they're actually wasting right yeah that's true so there's a lot of waste we know that it's real and mm-hmm. so it's good that a young guy is doing something to solve that problem at least a, a first step yeah they and their solution is very clear and concise and you can say that you know they have really thought about it so mm. i think one of the statement is whatever can be measured can be managed controlled and prevented yeah so so simple but nobody is doing it so he finally took the initiative on himself and he did it so. yeah very good we like it and he he's on to good things so yeah smart chap who else do we have so we have really with us Yeah, really. And, yeah, so Really? <laughs> really. <laughs> so, Jörg from Really? Jörg. Yeah, I like Jörg and I'll tell you why I think his pitch was well, at least the product was good and the pitch that went with it worked. Is again, it's another example we like this of these um these startups that are building solutions to problems that the in that the founders have really experienced themselves. So Jörg comes from the world of real estate. It's a 20 years in yeah, real estate. Yeah, 20 plus years. Yeah, yeah, I mean he's only 40, so you know, he's, he started out young, right? Mm-hmm. And they, you know, he's understood a problem that exists which isn't necessarily like a really exciting sexy problem. It's not like, you know, let's use blockchain to do something like exciting. It's like here's a problem that property real estate and facilities managers have. Let's fix it. and i think he recently raised half a million it was in the news um so well done because i remember when he came to our event raising you know like he, that was a long journey yeah he was out there hustling he doesn't look like a natural hustler as well he's not like a big character and a big salesman he's quite quiet and quite measured which is great 
because it just goes to show that that sort of natural image of a hustler isn't sort of like this sort of ballsy bravado, but somebody who's just really dedicated and diligent. Right? Yeah, and he's the kind of person you would want to just sit and have a chat with for hours. The reason is because he has that kind of an experience in this yeah. space, right? So he identified the problem and finally he is doing something about it. Good for him. And that is a global problem. He's got some... I can't go into the details because you have to look at the the show, the the Pitch Deck Asia show to get the details. But he has some really good advisors on board as well. So I think that's an important part of any pitch. Bit of advice, throwaway advice here, that if you are pitching for investment, one of the first things an investor looks at is your advisory board. You know, who have you convinced to come on board and give up their time, of course, in you know, return for equity, potentially. Who have you convinced to give up their time to be part of this? And if you haven't convinced anybody, then an investor is going to look at that with, with skepticism because it means that you haven't even, like, done the, the sort of the softer pitch, if you like, to advisors. And, you know, have you tried to pitch people and they've not come on board? So that's the kind of doubts people are going to have about your, your pitch deck if it's missing that slide with advisors on it. So um, I believe Jörg's got a strong slide of advisors, or at least he talked about it in his, uh, in his pitch on Pitch Deck Asia. And you know, if you don't have one, then work on it. And if you don't have advisors, work on them before you go and pitch, you know, before you raise funds, because they're going to help you, not just in terms of putting that advisory board slide together, but also, importantly, helping you refine your pitch itself. Yeah, Graham, you have also been on the other side as an investor. So what are the kind of slides that in like maybe one or two slides that the investor really focuses on? Yeah, um, well, there are, you, you can get, uh, for example, you can get our um, ultimate pitch deck, which is based on Sequoia's yeah. pitch deck, Sequoia Capital. You know, you've really got to take that as the gold standard of pitch decks. Effectively, it's a six-slide pitch deck, and you can get a copy of it at Pitch Deck Asia. Free, you can download it. Um, six slides that investors look for. One, the problem statement. Two, the solution. Uh, three, the team, and which is basically you know about you, about us, who have you got on board. Um, that then could go into the advisory um, uh, team as well. And, You'd also have a, a page about or slide about the uh, the business model itself, how you're going to make money. Then um, five and six, you would have the journey. So where have you come so far? And lastly, what are you raising? What are you asking for? You know, why are you putting this together? So those are the things that an investor will look for. And you've got to have those covered. If you don't have those covered, then get them covered. And once you have them covered, then go out and practice it. And if you need inspiration advice now go and look at some of the pitch decks on pitch deck asia they're on the show they're publicly available you know we show them during the show um so you know rather than me dispense advice individually for every startup have a look at examples and you know make your own mind up about what you think works and based on those three examples that we shared today those have successfully raised those companies i mean there's a few million dollars on the table there what did they do right go and have a look at their pitch decks yeah and we will put the their show links even in the description so you can check out their videos there. Yeah. Over 100 pitches. 
There you go. A hundred hours of pitches on Pitch Deck Asia. Go and check it out. Learn. Become a student of success. That's the best way to become good yourself. My name's Graham, joined by... And we are broadcasting from the Pitch Deck Asia studio here in Singapore. We'll see you in our next roundup. Hi, Graham Brown from Pitch Deck Asia. Pitch Deck Asia, powered by Pitch Media Asia. Pitch Deck Asia is all about giving startup founders a voice. We are a show to help startup founders share their journey. So if you enjoy these stories, then why not subscribe to our YouTube channel? There's the subscribe button over there. Hit that subscribe button. Follow us on the journey. Leave a comment. I look forward to seeing you at the next episode.